the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Keith Richards in for Rob Black. <laughs> How is Keith Richards still alive? That I do not get, understand. Is he pickled? <sighs> Markets yesterday were incredibly volatile. It's the second time in 10 days we've been able to say that. V- volatile on the downside. Bit of a problem. Um, because that first one kind of gave reason for people to start not buying into conspiracy theories, but kind of getting pushed around a lot of content that says you don't want to lose all your wealth to you. What if the market goes even lower? It was down 3%, and, you know, we're having a great year. Sometimes there's give-back periods. I expect to have bad years. I know that they're coming. Um... I just saw something flash on my screen that says, don't deport Melania trends over Trump's policies. Something awesome. If I, I just only in America could potentially ice raid the White House and take his wife and send her back to her country. I know you're saying that would be entertaining. Anyhow, um, crazy stuff happens. We had a bad Monday two Mondays ago on Wall Street, and it kind of opens the door for, I don't like using the word shyster. I don't like using the word scammer. Those are big words. But it opens the door for that type of, of information creep into your life. That bugs me a bit, to be quite honest with you. You're going to hear more about gold. You're going to hear more about Hard commodities. You can hear more about uh, annuities. You can hear people trash Wall Street because we went down 3%. We're having a great year, but we went down 3% two Mondays ago. Now, that does tend to portend bad things in the short term. As far, bad things as far as corrections. Now, I've got 100K in cash right now. I can't wait for the market to fall apart. It's not burning a hole in my pocket, but I've raised enough cash in the last three months that I feel very, very comfortable having a cash hoard in case we go down 10, 15, 20%. I'm ready. I don't have to use that money for stocks. I could use it to pay down more expensive debt and things like that. But that's out there. Now, I just talked about how 3% corrections 
3% in one day is a lot on Wall Street. Back when I was a little boy, when I was 10 years old, I was reading the business section of the New York Times, the paper on record. I, I, I would go, look, here's a stock that's moved 6%, and it's September, and it barely moved. Slow is awesome. It used to be unbelievable. And then we got into a faster world where more and more people were buying and selling, computers were buying and selling, and the volatility has crept up. That, that Now sometimes you get 3% in a day. So you're going to get more panicked people out there. You're going to get more panicked messages out there. Those aren't necessarily good things because they can make you do something that you don't want to do. It's not the end of the world. I can tell you what the end of the world is. We have a sign of the end of the world. It's not the volatility on a Monday. Pumpkin spice spam is coming to America. That's the sign of the four horsemen. Hormel Foods confirmed to NBC News that the company will begin selling a limited edition run of pumpkin spice spam online at walmart.com and spam.com. What's wrong with Americans? A couple years ago, it was a hoax Facebook post that someone kind of, uh, how shall we say, doctored a photo, photoshopped uh, pumpkin spice spam. I, I, I don't even get the pumpkin spice latte. I don't get the pumpkin spice cream cheese. I don't get the pumpkin spice English muffins. Uh, pumpkin spice yogurt. Uh, Pumpkin spice tea? No. Pumpkin's just not my flavor. Now, pumpkin spice vodka, now we're talking. But Hormel makes canned meat. And what doesn't say delicious as much as meat in a can? And then you get spam in a can with with pumpkin spice? Now, oddly enough, people are going to buy it. It's a great gag gift. But it's also, uh, some people like spam. Me? Not so much. One thing that I am is is definitively a food snob. So, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I've been looking at the Apple card recently. It's not a bad card. If you want to get it, the thing that I like about telling you to go out and buy, not buy a credit card, if you were to get the Apple credit card, we don't know a lot of the details, details on it. I have not read through a contract. But it's going to get 3% back on things that you buy from Apple. That's not bad. There's no card that has a category for electronics that I know of, per se, or that I use, or that is valuable. The 3% deals tend to be on restaurants and flights and hotels. The 2% deals are typically cash back, and Apple's got 3% on anything from Apple, whether it be your services, your apps, whether it be your new phone. The thing I kind of like about the Apple Card, and this is going to sound stupid, it is kind of stupid that I'm saying it out loud, but keep in mind, I just talked about pumpkin spice spam, so stupid is, stupid does. But the Apple Card, for those of you who are Apple enthusiasts, and there's plenty of them, I'm on my fourth or fifth Apple phone. I don't see that changing because I like the ecosystem. I don't like, for some reason, Google phones to me just scream poverty. <laughs> I kid. Please don't touch me. Um, something about Google phones just don't feel quite as poverty.
polished as the Apple one. I don't carry my Apple phone in a case because A, I don't drop it, and B, I think it's beautiful. That would be like putting a burka on a America's Next Top Model. You're like, I kind of want to see her wear clothes and how they, they flow off her body. Like, That's the beauty of it, right? Or you could say a burka on a, a Chippendales dancer. I don't know. I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just being sexist without trying to be sexist. So the Apple card, here's the one thing that I kind of like about it. Let's say I've been using Apple products for 10 years. That'd be a 10-year credit history. And I don't think it's a card that I'm going to go out and go crazy over. I'm not going to like suddenly start buying 10 iPhones. and I, I don't see it changing my steady approach to credit. But I like the idea of you and some of your friends sticking with one card, getting it mature, getting it aged, getting it showing your, your history of credit longer. It works heavily with your phone, and it does a pretty nice job of saying, like, hey, you're spending too much on groceries, or hey. Um, and I think integration of financial data with graphs and charts and savings and, and you're spending more than you make kind of thing, I think the more information people get, the better. So the Apple Card to me doesn't look like a great card in of itself, but I like that it kind of gets built into your phone and builds your credit age history. I don't know if you're with me or against me on that one. Anyhow, big event tomorrow at the Money Show in San Francisco at the Hilton. Listen to the commercials or go to newfocusfinancial.com to learn more about me and Chad talking tomorrow. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I make mistakes. I readily admit that. Sometimes they're social. Sometimes they're financial. Sometimes they're interpersonal. Um, you got to admit your mistakes. One of the things I don't do a really good job of explaining on this show, because I just don't like doing it, it doesn't make good radio, is the bond market. I scratch on it, but I don't delve into it. I don't think it's a great way to accumulate wealth. I think it's a great way to diversify. I think it's a great way to de-risk your portfolio from worst-case scenarios. There's something called municipal bonds that are having a freaking fracking great year. And you don't typically get excited and use words like frickin' frack with bonds. But there's something called municipal bonds, and I'm not against municipal bonds in any way, shape, or form. Listen to this. A muni bond, and I know, like, sometimes I go... I, I turn over producers a lot, young young men who come in and like kind of work the board, and then they move on. Young men or women, I should make that I should make that distinction. I live in a unisex unicorn kind of world, um, but I know my producers never heard of what is a municipal bond. He's probably saying a municipal bond is issued typically in the case of California. If you lived in California, you don't pay income taxes on it. So when you get that bond yield. At 3%, it's really yielding 4% because you're not paying taxes on it. Now, municipal bonds are bonds that are set up by a California. And the best way of thinking about a bond is an IOU. So the state of California will have state bonds, and then Stockton will have Stockton bonds, and Palo Alto will have Palo Alto bonds. And they basically say, we need cash to 
hire construction people to build a library, to hire construction people to build roads. So we're going to go to the people, and we're going to say, hey, Palo Alto, if you give us $100 million for a new library, we'll give you 2% without you paying any taxes on it. No income taxes. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. These bonds are rocking right now. And I've missed it. I miss talking about it. I've, I've under-owned municipal bonds. I like municipal bonds as you get older as a source of income in retirement. Munis. Now, here's the problem with, with munis, and this is where I'm just I'm being honest with you. I can't analyze debt like that. Analyzing debt is a lot more difficult than analyzing assets and revenue and growth stories and valuations of publicly traded companies. That's easy compared to manage, uh, looking at debt. Now, for instance, Palo Alto will do a library bond for 1% to 2%. Stockton will do an airport bond at 3%. That's way higher than the 1, 2, 1 or 2% you're getting in Palo Alto, right? But Stockton, you're going, why in the H-E double toothpicks are they building an airport? There's one pretty close in Sacramento. Sacramento International Airport welcomes you. So you have to kind of use some relative intelligence when you're looking at this. But also, it's really tough to analyze debt and the ability of a city to pay it back. You've seen cities in California go bankrupt. And that's when you're a loser. So right now we've got $15 trillion staying on the bonds. And I highly recommend you, look, you Google if you live in California, California municipal bonds. You live in Virginia, Virginia municipal bonds. I, I think they should be part of an income portfolio. It's a little burger rise for taking action. I'm sorry mention on the show. Um, there's $15 trillion of bonds in the United States. And again, bonds are just IOUs that are trading $15 trillion that are trading with negative yields. That's 25% of all sovereign bonds outstanding. A lot of people are indignant. You, sir, are indignant. I don't even know what that means, but there's no use in getting mad at the market. It makes no sense to get mad at the market. That's the beauty of my that's the beauty of my demeanor. I, I don't have a lot of emotions. I had an alcoholic father, and when you're alcoholic you check out emotionally you don't have highs or lows but when you do explode you explode pretty rough and when you do get down you get pretty down so i learned emotions from my father so i don't really have a lot although you heard me on the call with a uh tech support line you'd say oh boy you're angry so i was talking to tony mendez yesterday about the 10-year treasury bond and I was like, whoa, do, when do you remember it getting down to where it is right now? One, five, five. And he's like, don't forget, it got lower in 2012. Um, but this is where it's going to hold. Typically, this is where it doesn't hold. I would be surprised. Do we go negative yields on the 10 year treasury? I don't think so. But there's bubbles in everything. There's bubbles in stocks. There's bubble in specific tech stocks. There's bubbles in real estate. There's bubbles in real estate markets. Palo Alto is way different than Stockton. Boom shakalaka. I'm straight out of Stockton. 
I know you're saying, isn't that Compton? Yeah, but Stockton is kind of the Compton of the North. The Bitcoin bubble burst when there were more Coinbase accounts than Schwab accounts. That's a stunning thought. There's bubbles everywhere. Remember the Bitcoin rapper? I know, I know. There was rap songs that we played on this song about Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin by rappers. We don't have any Bond rappers yet. I like the IOU from Stockton. Like, it's not catchy. But George Soros once said that if he saw a bubble forming, he would get in there and try to make it bigger. Which is what the is the opposite of what most people try to do. Um, smart people predicted debt and deflation years ago are a problem. It happens very slowly. It happens very gradually. It's like boiling a frog. I know you say, boil a frog? You can put a frog in a pot of hot water and slowly warm it up and he'll cook. If he knew the end result, he would hop out of it. But he doesn't know the end result. We got a debt problem in the United States. Some of it you have to appreciate and some of it you have to avoid. Sia takes us to break. I always love it when Sia takes us to break. Hey, big event tomorrow at The Money Show. Learn more during the commercials or at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back into the show. I'm Rob Black. I promise if when I die, I'm going to die on the air for you. I know you're saying, oh boy, can we do a funeral on air too? Sales just suddenly got very excited. I heard Rob's going to die on air. This will boost ratings. I know you're saying. Thank you very much. That is a audio drop that very few people will understand, but at the same time, I appreciate the effort that it took. With that said, um, Californians... I love California on so many levels. As a kid, it was a fascinating thing to me. Probably my fascination started with the Brady Bunch. And kind of wanting... I didn't want my dad to die. But I kind of wanted Mr. Brady to be my dad. And I kind of wanted Mrs. Brady to be my mom. Maybe not Mr. Brady. In the end, he was bitter. The guy who played uh, Mr. Brady... He was Shakespearean taught actor. Like... And he got pigeonholed into this one type of role for his whole life. That would make me a little crazy, too, I think. But Californians have a fascination with me. So not only did the Brady Bunch, did I go, wow, that girl Jan's kind of hot. And I'm like seven years old, not even knowing what that meant. I was like, Cindy's kind of cute, too. Marsha, she's a little too old for me. I think all Americans watch Brady Bunch reruns, I hope. Otherwise, this whole two minutes is wasted. But after that fascination with the Brady Bunch, I probably moved on to the fascination of, no, not Gilligan's Island. I did kind of want to be stuck on an island all by myself. I found it kind of a fun idea as a kid. I was once on a raft in the Mediterranean, and it started getting pulled out to sea by the currents, and no one was figuring it out. I was like, wow, I'm going to die out here. I'm going to land on an island and like start fishing, and I don't need parents. This is great. That's the kind of guy I am. That's probably why I do such a solo-type career. Uh, so 
Gilligan's Island was a thing, but it was a, a short-lived thing because video games came into my life shortly thereafter, and I really wanted to move to Silicon Valley, which there is a very, very diff- big difference between Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is in the north of California. Silicon Valley is in the south of California. New vehicle sales in California. This is all about California. That's a long setup to get to California. I told my producer during the break, I'm like, I'm really proud of your generation because like, you guys are actually putting your money where your mouth is. And he goes, no, don't, don't give us credit for the Impossible Burger and Beyond Meat. He goes, it's all about the internet and just communicating more freely. And I'll, I scratched my head and I'll think about that. But here's one where I give California credit, or I think I'm giving California credit. New vehicle sales in California dropped 5.6% in the first half of 2019. Now, this is good news and bad news. Cars aren't great investments. The state is on track for full-year sales to fall short of the 2 million vehicles for the first time since 2014. This is good news. This is bad news. Cars are expensive. We're buying cars. We're buying used cars. Now, the new car industry is a big industry. We, you got paint dealers and steel dealers and tire dealers. They're all selling to the auto manufacturers who put it together. Then when you go to buy a car from a dealership, let's say you go to Tom Brady Ford. I know you're saying Tom Brady Ford. For lack of a better car dealership, I just made up Tom Brady Ford. I know there's somebody somewhere out there coming up with Tom Brady Ford right now. Hey, Tom Brady, why don't you start a car dealership? I met one of Tom Brady's dad's cousins. I know you're saying this is a weird pool. He was throwing the dad under the under the bus, just saying like the moment Tom Brady won that first Super Bowl, his dad started to monetize his son. And I get it. I'm not against it. A lot of insurance. New car sales in the largest U.S. auto market have slowed down this year as more drivers opt for less expensive used cars. That's good. We're being wise about it, but it's going to hurt a big industry. And the auto industry has a broad economic swath that it covers the U.S. in. So California is a big part of it. And the political climates of car dealers and auto manufacturers and steel companies and how much they donate to politicians. It says my friend Buster Poindexter said, it's hot, hot, hot. So the drop in new vehicle sales in California is greater than the 1.5% decline seen in the U.S. from January through June. So, sales of new cars, which includes sedans and compacts, dropped by 10.8% during the first half of the year. That's a lot. Sales of pickups and SUVs only dropped 1.1%. I can't imagine what it would take to get me to buy a sedan at this point in time. I'm honestly more of a truck guy. And not like an expensive truck guy. I just like a good Toyota truck because they never die. They just multiply. They're babies, kids. We don't die. We multiply. Um, sales of new electric and hybrid vehicles continue to climb. That's good. Hybrids make up about 13% of all new models sold. Positive. Like I said, I started the segment off saying there's some positives, and I think the millennials are doing some of the good things in, the, in our society. Lord knows, my society, my generation, we love cow. We love cow with mayonnaise on it. We love cow. We love cow with pig on it, with mayonnaise on it. We love cow with pig on it, with chicken on it, with mayonnaise on it. I made some pork dish last quarter. I know you're saying, you made a pork dish? 
where it was um, uh, pork wrapped in a pork butt, pork shoulder wrapped in a pork butt. It was delicious. But um, so kids today, I think, are doing the right thing on a lot of level. Millennials. Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods are in a fast food alternative meat arms race. His demand is swelling. My generation would never have done this. Uh, traffic growth for, has been slow for the U.S. restaurant sector in recent years. Expected to remain challenged, but plant-based proteins seem to be the key to getting maybe some people excited about going to Burger King again. Foot traffic in Burger King significantly outperformed the national average when they came out with the Impossible Whopper. Which, for the record, I like whoopers. Man, whoopers. Chocolate-covered malt. Oh, delicious. I used to have a fantasy about just sitting on my couch all day long and eating whoopers. I know you're saying, I think they're called whoppers. No, they're actually called whoopers. And you don't live in Milpitas, it's Milopitas? Just say no. National restaurant chains are racing to add alternative meat options. Some industry experts say the long-term business plan is not clear. But the short-term marketing opportunity is ding, 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 right on. Now, McDonald's, for their part, they want to be as good a corporate citizens as they can. They had full transition to cage-free eggs throughout the United States and Canada. Chicken raised without antibiotics. Milk from cows that have not been treated with artificial growth hormones. But don't expect a Big Mac Impossible quarter pounder. Because they're very, very slow. They're not playing into... They want to do it right for everyone. Because their reputation is on consistency. I can honestly say in the last 10 years I've had... 10 orders of McDonald's fries. And I would say every order of McDonald's fries has been the same exact order. It's like, wow. There was probably a day and age where some of them would sit under the heat lamp too long and they'd turn gross and dry. But that is a company that gets it right. So the demand for vegan burgers and alternative meat is a trend that CEO of McDonald's will have to pay attention to. And ultimately, probably a good thing. So, now here's the kicker. We used to count on red meat to kill people. It'll ultimately make your heart get clogged up and you'd eventually have a heart attack somewhere between 60 and 80, right? And uh, that's not the case anymore. You're going to be living longer if you're not putting fatty red meat into your body. So, you're going to need to save more money for retirement. And you're saying, you're such a downer, Rob Black. I know, I know. Morgan Springer, former co-founder. For, oh, by the way, you know who owns a ton? And this just makes me want to curse. He owns a ton of Beyond Meat. Take a guess. First and foremost, he became... He made hundreds of millions of dollars making a movie all about climate change. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Al Gore. Whoops. Here's the drum roll. Drum roll, please. Al Gore? I know you're saying you really need to work with your producer on timing. Do you guys ever talk to each other? And the answer is no. Like I said, I'm a solo wolf. Um, but restaurant chains like Carl's Jr., Del Taco, TGI Fridays, Red Robin, they're all planning to offer pea or soy-based burgers. Something tells me I'm going to like the soy burger more than the pea. 
and it's P-E-A. I never liked peas as a kid. Oh, the mushy texture. And I think just baby food in itself just ruined me on peas. And that's all I have for you. So Impossible Foods is right out of Oakland. They got a manufacturing facility, and they got 70 employees. And they've went from one shift a day to two shifts a day down there, adding a third shift. It's setting up a European production arm as well. And that's going to be one of the big challenges, and that's why McDonald's has to sit on the sidelines for the, for the time being, is they're big, and they can't just offer it at one location. They've got to do it right in the same exact thing at every location. So Beyond Meat in the news. An arms race for burgers. Plant-based proteins. Who would have thought? Now, who's going to be the big winner in this? In the end, it's going to be companies like Nestle and Tyson Foods who buys these companies and or comes up with a knockoff or competitor that's pretty darn close. Big event coming up tomorrow at the Money Show. Me and Chad learn more by listening to the commercials or going to newfocusfinancial.com and signing up. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show. I do appreciate it. I can't say that enough. Um, I've been blessed with having a job where I kind of figured it out. People want to retire, and people don't know how to do it. We're not taught in high school. In college, we're, our hormones are going crazy. We're looking for a spouse. We're looking to settle down. And we get kind of like, oh, no, the passion's going to leave. We better have kids so we have kind of a hobby for the next 18 years. I know you're saying a kid's not a hobby. But, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at them. <laughs> so take it for what it is. Um, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I, I don't get too sentimental with you, but it's a good thing, not a bad thing. So talking about getting to retirement, I don't know when I'm going to do this, but I've got a couple notebooks that I, I work some notes through. And one of the ones I want to talk about with you at some point in time is our love affair of the house in America. And I'm pretty well off, all things considered. Um, I've got more than enough money that I could quit and retire right now if I need to, or if I want to. Um, everyone would be fine. Everyone would be well taken care of. But I kind of like work. I was talking with a younger person yesterday who he's probably more on the scale of works 25, 30 hours a week. And he's like, I'll never be able to afford a home. And I'm like, ooh. I just refinanced a home. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, there's some shame in talking to people that don't have homes. And I've been lucky enough. I think I got four or five right now. Not all homes that I live in. Of course not. One's a business that I sub, uh, I basically lease out to a business that pays. That's good money. So you pick the right business location. You get a tenant in it. Oh, boy, that's a sweet one. I've got a home in Raleigh, North Carolina that I was just stupid when I was 25 years old, 24 years old, and I was like, I should buy a house and put a renter in it. And I did, and I'd say 25 years later, 20 years later, the home is almost paid for by other people's rent money. There's probably been five total renters in that period of time. Some have been better than others. There's been some bad luck. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is prone to hurricanes and hot summers. And guess when the air conditioning breaks down? 
It's 118 degrees outside today, ladies and gentlemen. So the tenant gets all fussy and like, the air conditioning broke down and I had, to, I had to go to a hotel for three days. I want you to pay for that. I'm like, I'm not paying for the hotel, but I'll gladly get the air conditioning serviced and get temporary air conditioners put in for you. So there's something about a home, right? You can see how people start just rambling on and on about it. And it's interesting because I own a home on the peninsula. The bank owns it, to be honest with you. But slowly but surely, I'll own it. And I don't want to sell it. I want to move. I don't like the peninsula. It's too crowded. It's changed a lot every five years. Everything changes. And I think it's changing for the worst. What was a quaint little town is now just a lot of douchey Tesla drivers who wear white pants all year round. Uh, if you make me governor of the state of California, I will imprison people who wear white pants all year round. I will take away Prop 13 from anyone who's over 65 years old and force them to leave the state. Vote Rob Black. I will put to death all email spammers as well as robocalling companies. I'll bring back the gas chamber and I'll just keep the gas running. You're going in next. You're going in next. You're going in next. And that's my platform. I know you're saying, how about taxes? Eh, I don't know anything about that. How about education reform? Eh, I don't know anything about that. But I have a home on the peninsula, and I want to leave the peninsula, but I want to turn it into a rental. And I'm like, I don't know, because I'm starting to get to the age where that's going to be a lot of work in retirement. And I could take a big gain right now and use a tax you know, benefit right now and Part of me is like, I don't know if I'm ever going to give the chance again. And that's the weird part that I want to talk about in upcoming episodes of the show. I don't know if I'll ever get the chance again. Or my kids will ever get the chance again to live on the peninsula. Homes don't go out forever. doesn't work like that. Or a big earthquake away. Or Facebook getting broken up. Or something that the housing market sees a big change. Now keep in mind, on my street... There's two people on my street that are selling their homes that I know of. And the reason I know it, because they're my direct neighbors. That's weird. I haven't seen that kind of loosening of the inventory in 10 years. One guy who moved onto the street four years ago basically did it so he can get his kids into a good high school. And he tore down a house and he built up a house. And now he's selling the house and he's moving to Sacramento. Which, for the record, I want to sign a petition. I want to start a petition and sign a petition. I want to change Sacramento to Sacramento. We need to have more fun in this state. So trading up homes is a pain. Tony Mendez and I were talking about a home buying company yesterday that is trying to do something kind of interesting. They're willing to buy 49% of your equity and sell it to someone else. And kind of be a middleman. So let's say my friend who doesn't make enough money to buy a home. Let's say he wants to own 20% of my home. I could sell it to him. And if it goes up in value or down in value, he gets that 20% part. I get cash to go out and do what I want. Kind of sell my home before I sell my home. We've seen deals like this many, 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 many times. But we're trying to figure out how to get younger people into homes that aren't micro-apartments. And businesses are trying to, to figure it out. Um, but 
but I'm starting to get the age where I'm starting to think, you know, when do I unwind my real estate portfolio? When do I start to unwind my 401k? When do I start to unwind my life savings? It's a good, good problem to have to say that you can quit and retire. It's a lot more emotional to do it, to commit to it, to commit to change. You've been in mode of so long of accumulating wealth. How do you manage it? Learn more tomorrow at The Money Show. Come by and see me and CFP Chad Burton. Learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.